Well, 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 college basketball fans. It is the middle of the off season, but I saw Papa Bear, Mr. Rothstein, tweet a few days ago that we're inside the 100-day marker. We've got a lot of eyes on college football, and then right after that, the ball starts bouncing, and it'll be college basketball season. And for some guys that are here in Columbus, Ohio, we are taking part in the granddaddy of all holiday tournaments, the best holiday tournament of all time, the Maui Invitational. I am Timmy Hall. He's Evil Bald Colin. Happy August, Evil Bald Colin. How we doing, man? Happy August, Tim. I'm doing great. It's uh, it's getting closer and closer to feeling like basketball season. And you might say, well, why is that the case when it's 92 degrees outside? And then I say, because I know my guy Rothstein's tweeting from Greece right now, talking about how excited he is that the A-10 will be a three-team bid <laughs> opportunity come tournament time. Did he, was he in Greece or was he in Italy? He was posting Santorini, which is in Greece. All right. So he's done like the, you know, the Mediterranean. I think he started in France, went to Italy and uh, now he's down there. A little uh, Riviera, French Riviera down there. I'd love to do the South of France. That would be beautiful. I I wouldn't hate it. We'll go to the the Cannes Film Festival together. Then maybe check out the Monaco Grand Prix. Gosh, talking about the international. And I, I don't want to send this start to this podcast. First time being back off the rails, but I just wanted to bring up thinking of the international slate and whatnot. Uh, a lot of these international national teams are playing college teams from the States. And I saw Israel played, I believe it was Auburn and Auburn beat them like 116 to 56 or something Ooh, like that, man, but terrible so much. So, and the college basketball fans are crazy and I love it, but Israel was posting non-related to basketball tweets from their national account. And Auburn fans are filling up the replies with, uh, memes and replies making fun of destroying them in basketball. And that just tells you it's almost here. Right, yeah. So we, we know Ohio State is doing a trip to the Bahamas, and every four years college basketball teams get to do a little international trip for some team bonding. That's great. And then, as you were saying, you get to play some of these national teams. Or, you know, it's it's different everywhere, too. That's why it's fascinating to see because the way the the youth systems are set up, right? I mean, I think... You know, you could have want you could have wound up playing a dude like Luka Doncic, who was probably playing professionally at 16 years old, if you would have, have elected to play that kind of team. Like I know, I, I think in Spain they might have some basketball teams that are linked to some of the soccer clubs, if I'm not mistaken. You might know more about that than me, but it's it's different every everywhere you go. You don't have the same, you know, American college system that we have here everywhere else in the world. We do things our way. Everybody else has different ways of doing it. So it's interesting to see who those teams wind up being, or if they're just some national teams and Ohio state that we know of is going to play Puerto Rico and Egypt. So that's who you're going to see there for the Buckeyes side of things in the Bahamas. But we have a lot to get to here. I do want to see, you know, how, uh, how the dust has settled through the off season. I know we love to, you know, circle in on some college basketball trips that we want to get done, but it's tough to do that before an actual schedule gets released, but we can dream. And we want to really wrap our minds around the Maui invitational because the bracket is actually set for that bad boy. And it is one heck of a field. And I also want to get Collins takes on these Ohio state Buckeyes in a year of massive turnover, but a lot of work is being done on the trail. You're going to see a lot of those guys 
now for Ohio State and next year's recruiting class is already moving up into the top 10. So we got a lot of goodies coming up. It's an August off-season episode of Mad About Hoops. Here we go. Five to go. Lewis has been awesome. Let's it go. Inbounds Turner, left side of the backcourt. Turner crossed the timeline, throws it from high on the right. He hit it! He hit it! He hit it! He hit it just inside of half court! Lane's on the other wing. He finds oh! 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 Sent it in, Jerome! <laughs> College basketball! This is March Madness! Yes, it is, buddy. It's good to hear that again. I just need the March Madness theme, and it it feels like we're back. Kansas won the national championship. They got to validate themselves every so often because they don't win enough for the tournament, so that was great. That was awesome. And that UNC game, oh, my goodness. And then you had Duke-UNC in the Final Four. Kansas and Villanova on the other side of the bracket. Bigs on bigs. What a great finish to the college basketball season we had And we know the game is changing every single year, but already look right up at the top, man. We're just talking about it. North Carolina they are locked and loaded, ready to go back again with year two Hubert Davis. Yeah. It's shocking what happens when you bring back your entire squad that made it all the way to the final four. And then was, you know, very close to winning the whole thing. So no surprise at all that they're at number one, but yeah, it's going to be hard to top really what happened last year with the emergence of the veteran star power that we saw. And then just the emergence of the freshmen, just how many high powered freshmen we had playing on the biggest stage of it all when it came to the sweet 16 elite eight and final four. So hopefully they can match it this year. There's still plenty of good guys that we're even going to see in this Maui tournament that could qualify for that, but it's going to be very fun. Yeah. And speaking of the Tar Heels again, you know how it goes when you just sort of automatically think something into existence. It's, it makes it just generally speaking a little bit tougher to see that come to fruition. They've got the horses. They've got the guys on paper. Everyone in America will be picking them to go to the final four. It's almost like the Gonzaga treatment. It's funny that I, that I put the Gonzaga treatment to a real actual blue blood with North Carolina, who has been there and done that plenty of times. And they're only a couple years removed from a coach that won multiple national championships there with Roy Williams. But that's, I don't know. It's funny the way you think. Yes. When we come to doing the final four picks, Probably going to be crazy to not see North Carolina on there because we don't have to do that. They today, got the do experience. We? No, we're not doing that today. Oh, I'm, I'm just saying because you'll see Gonzaga right up there again. And Drew Timmy is back with the Zags. Not for me. Not I for mean, you. No. You're done. You're no. done with the Zags. You're doing what I did two years ago, right? I mean, we can get into it, but I, I, I like what they bring back, but this is not nearly the team they had last year. Well, I, I think that year I. I did get it wrong in that the Zags made the final four, but they did not win the national championship. They made it to the last game and got smoked. They got absolutely smoked. Well, their issue this year is going to be the same they had last year is the guard play. If they run into a team that's got really strong guard play, like Arkansas did last year, it could be lights out. Who's the big transfer that Gonzaga just brings they in? Do. They have, Malachi, they have right? Malachi Smith, and then they'll have a former four-star point guard and Nolan Hickman is their number or their number one, but okay. it's, again, it's going to be the same issues if they do run into any. 
Well, let's talk about the Maui, though, as as we said. I want to want to get into the Maui invitation. I want this to be the bulk, and then we're gonna like like we said, get your take on this Ohio State roster and all the turnover. But you know, this kind of killed two birds with one stone because the Buckeyes are in this field, and I I got to tell you, you know, we'll see when that first AP poll comes out, but you are going to see a lot of top 25 teams here. And even the ones that aren't top 25 teams are big time college basketball names that have been on the block for a long time. I don't know if the Cincinnati Bearcats will be ranked. They won't. We, they won't. Yeah, we do know. They're not going to be ranked. Neither but, will Louisville. And right. I think Ohio State's kind of a tweener. But besides yeah. that, everybody everybody else should be in there. But again, like that's that's not taking that much respect away from those teams to not be ranked. I think Cincinnati, they're going through some transition with Wes Miller. They got a couple of their leading scorers back. And they should be a, a decent team coming into this year. Louisville is a little bit more up in the air with everything that's going on with their program. Yeah, especially in the offseason. They they had a lot of transfers out. At one point, they only had nine scholarship guys. Like, it's been kind of rocky for them. I quite honestly believe, looking at this slate of teams, they're probably the lowest-ranked one of the group. I yeah. think Cincinnati might be better than them. Yeah, that's interesting. And again, like, we'll, we'll give you the times and the, and the tip-offs here because we, we can actually talk about it. We've got tip times. We've got the brackets. The, the whole field, though, Texas Tech, Creighton, Pretty good, pretty good, right? Pretty good, awesome. Louisville, Arkansas. Again, Arkansas has just been rising in college basketball the last few seasons. Ohio State, San Diego State. Aztecs, maybe, like, your uh, name in our fantasy basketball league was the Flying Dutchman, and they Before are... Before I changed it to Boo Booey. Boo Booey, baby. <laughs> I love that. Just for all you Northwestern fans out there, just you, super fans. San Diego State has been one of the more underrated college basketball programs. And ever since Fisher was doing his thing, they've just turned into give them 23, 24 wins a season just right off the boat. Right off the, I guess I could say right off the aircraft carrier because they're from San Diego, big port town. And then, of course, Cincinnati and Arizona. The first game up on Monday, November 21st. Yeah, that's right. We got the times. And if you're in the East, six hour time difference, just remember. So think about what these tip times actually are in Hawaii, in Maui, Texas Tech versus Creighton. One side of the bracket there, 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. That's 8.30 in the morning out there. They're playing a real college basketball game. Louisville versus Arkansas to complete that side of the bracket, 5 o'clock. Then the later one, Ohio State versus San Diego State at 9 Eastern, Cincinnati versus Arizona at 11.30 p.m. So I guess right off the bat, when you take a look at those teams, are we in complete agreement that Creighton is going to be the highest ranked one here? They got to be, right? Yeah, I think Creighton's clearly the, the highest ranked team here, and they the, they quite honestly will probably have a starting five where all five guys could average double digits. Like that's how good they're going to be. With mm. uh, you're, you're talking about Arthur Aluma, you're talking about Ryan Cockbrenner, uh, Baylor Shireman, the transfer in from South Dakota State, uh, Trey Alexander still there, and then my guy uh, Ryan Emhard is the point guard. So Kalkbrenner had the injury in their tournament last year, correct? But he's good to go. That uh, was a sad thing to see yes. for Creighton basketball. Yes, he went he went down in the NCAA tournament. Every fan that was watching that game, even if you're not a, a fan of Creighton, you hate seeing one of the best players on a, on a team go down. But full bill of health, he's been back. He's going to be good to go. It seems... You know, with it, with what they're saying about him, it's even brighter. It's even more optimistic than what we've heard with some of our Ohio State guys and Justice Suing, who was supposed to be 
their second best player last year behind EJ Liddell before Malachi Branham started doing his thing. And there's going to be a lot on Justice Suing's shoulders for the Buckeyes this year if he is going to get back to 100% health. But yeah, Creighton, every every guy that you just listed off, what a solid team there. And again, it's funny to be talking this way about Creighton. That was the coach that was possibly coming here to Columbus, Ohio, if Chris Holtman didn't wind up taking the job. It was him. Well, he he does a, he, he does a great job at recruiting of what he can and deals with the limitations out there. And I, I've been to Omaha, Nebraska. There's really not a whole lot there unless if you drive down to like Kansas City or you go over to Lincoln and oh, party man. over don't, there. Don't tell the folks in Omaha the only way you can find something to do is to go to Kansas City. That's not that's not great for the town. Well, go I, to Creighton I, basketball games. I'm man. just saying. But when it comes to basketball season time, man, they really turn it up in that arena. It's a very beautiful venue. But yes, I, I you think, haven't been, have you? I've been to it. I haven't been for a game. Gotcha. Um, and I that's, saw that's the baseball the, facility and everything. It's a, that's it's what's a great even place. sicker about you is you will check out the venues even when there's no basketball going on. You just well, knock on guy, the door. Our guy, Let uh, me in, Matty, a, Matty Andrews, he did it for the trip where the game was canceled when they went out to UCLA, but he still went to go see Pauly. Yeah, well, that's Pauly Pavilion. That's Pauly. And can you believe it that they're going to be in the Big Ten? And so we can possibly put Pauly yeah. Pavilion on the Big Ten arenas to and, get to and the Galen Center, which I had the opportunity to go visit. I think it's going to be a great opportunity, man. I know that it's so cool that you got to do that. You've got a little gig with Ohio State football that sends you out and about and you can fill in some time and possibly catch some some road basketball games. So that's awesome. But if we if we complete the list, how do you rank the rest of these teams? We know we're going to see you know several of them in the rankings. I think possibly when you look at Arkansas, they might be the next one up for me. If you agree it's, with that, one hundred percent, one hundred percent Razorbacks. They right? have three big. I call them the three big freshmen because you got Anthony Black, who's like a six foot seven point guard, who's in today's day and age is the type of guy you want playing at the one spot if he's athletic enough. Uh, Nick Smith is a very good two. He's I think he's number three in ESPN's one hundred. He's just also got named very the good. National Player of the Year a few days ago. <laughs> From USA Today. I'm not surprised by yeah. that. And I think he's he's considered right now a top five pick in the NBA draft if it happened today. And then uh, Jordan Walsh, he's probably going to play their four spot. He was only number 11 in the ESPN's top 100. So that's kind of lame. Well, and then you got San Diego State and Arizona. I mean, obviously you can't forget about Arizona and Texas Tech. These are, I think all those schools will be ranked. They will be in the top 25. It's just about where they're going to be slotted. Probably... Arizona is going to be in that late teens mix. If you agree with me there and then San Diego state and Texas tech are toss ups right after that, maybe between 20 and 25 for those two schools. Yeah. I, I personally believe this is a pretty good draw for Ohio state. Now maybe size wise, it's not the best. Just, I think the tournament as a whole isn't very great or it's going to test the limits of the smaller size of Ohio state, especially if they saw Arizona in the second round. I mean, you're talking about Umar Bello and, Azulis Tubelis, two seven footers that start at the four and five. Like that would be that would be quite an effort to take to beat them. Azulis Tubelis. Yeah, Arizona did lose a lot, but what a year it was by the old uh Gonzaga bench coach finally going out there and becoming a head coach, Tommy Lloyd for the first time. Coach and of, coach of the year. What a season, right? I mean, what a season. But they're superstar. You lose a guy like Ben Matherin. Somebody has got to improve. 
and step into the spotlight. And honestly, losing Dalen Terry too, we can't under, underestimate yeah. that. Yeah, stay in the draft. I think he was one of the he was the better scoring point guard between he and Kirk Carissa. Right, Carissa is yeah. very good at distributing the ball and playing defense, but. That's that's gonna be a massive loss, and then also Christian Coloco. I mean, you have to talk about Balo and Tabella's being tough. Yeah, imagine trying yeah. to guard those two guys along with Matherin. I mean, that was I thought that was the best team in the country by far, it's, and they just fell short. It's they they deserve they've got the street cred now with with what Lloyd was able to do, what an impactful first season it was. So I I definitely expect to see them up there in that first poll at, at that respected spot. But when you look at a projected starting lineup and you don't see anyone that was averaging other than Tubelis, right? Just Tubelis. And he's not necessarily, I don't think we view him as one of those big time scores. He's just, he's going to score more. He's going to get that opportunity because of what's out the door. And maybe Courtney Ramey, who's right around that nine, 10 a game guy. Maybe he comes in there. And again, we don't have inside news on just how these Arizona practices have been going in the offseason and how he's meshing and gelling well, with what the they want to run. Is, is he's that, a guy to watch, though. Yeah, the report is that Pell Larson, who was kind of stuck behind in the depth chart last year, he's going to move up into probably the two. He sounds like he's been doing really well. He's an international guy. So he could excel, um, maybe jump up, you know, from a seven a game guy to a 13, yeah, 14. Yeah, possibly. He played, uh, I think he played with Sweden and FIBA and was going up against the guys like Luka Donc- Doncic and whatnot. And he was holding his own and he's, he's actually a pretty decent three point shooter when he gets the opportunity. So I think that's going to be where the perimeter offense. Comes yeah. From. Those would be interesting players to watch there. So hit him, hit him then with a little breakdown of San Diego state and Texas tech. These other two squads that look pretty good this year. Yeah. So San Diego state sounds like it's got a transfer coming in that you're really interested in uh, that being Darion Trammell, but that's different than what they were losing. I mean, they lost, uh, they lost a guy to, they lost Kevin McCuller, who I believe went Kansas. to Kansas. Jayhawks, baby. And then they lost to Illinois. I am for, I'm drawing a blank on who left for Illinois, but they lost quite a bit of their I know. Now play. I'm thinking about is Matthew Mayer now that you say. Well, Matthew Mayer did Illinois. go to Illinois. Yeah, That's I know. A good call. I know. I'm thinking of another Big 12 guy that left there. Well, yeah, either the way. Point. It's, it's going to be quite different for, I think, honestly, they, they're going to have did O'Banner start? If O'Banner came off the bench, they technically have five new starters, but it's going to be at least four new guys to the roster starting for Texas Tech with uh, Davion Harmon, who was a pretty good guard over at Oregon. Uh, Kerwin Walton's coming in. He's going to be... They, I think they want him to start, but he was kind of more of a role player at best back at North Carolina, but it was a very high right. recruit. And then your beloved Fardaz Amek. I believe it's pronounced his last name, but he yeah, played maybe, at Utah I think it might Valley. Be Amic, yeah, Utah Valley guy. This was someone that we were watching because of the numbers he put up, but he's one of those guys. He's, he's huge. He's a mammoth of a man. So you would think physicality is not going to be an issue because when you're, you know, six foot 11 or seven foot, almost 300 pounds, or whatever he is, you will have your space. And he's a, he's a buttery kind of player as well. Like he's a guy that can pass the ball a little bit. When you average 19 and 14, I don't care what league you're playing in, you got to you gotta watch a dude like that. So he will be a guy to watch at the Maui for sure. Well, it sounded like, and I'm just trying to make sure his percentages added up. Yeah, he was a pretty decent three-point shooter too. I think he shot, uh, looks like, 43%. That's amazing. You're talking about a dude that can extend with that kind of size, that can play down low. And, yeah, that, that's that's nuts, man. I went a little heavy there. I guess he's 6'11", 250 pounds. So he is a guy that's got some mobility. And that's the way we're seeing the game go with these bigs, right? Everybody's got to be able to step out 
and at least be a threat to knock down that three-point shot. But I want to get from you, say we we get the all-tournament team going okay. in. So we, we just heard a lot of these players. I think there's going to be some repeated names from guys we just broke down on these top teams at the Maui. But if we had a five, like a Maui five going in, who would they be? And let's we'll come back to this and see how many we hit here in a August offseason episode. Yeah, it's a shame Ryan Nemhar got hurt late in the season for Creighton because I think he would have been a huge difference maker for them when it came to tournament time. Uh, really, really missed him big time against Kansas. But I, I'll put Ryan Nemhar as my number one, my point guard in the system. Average about 11.3 points per game last year. I've kind of gone back and forth on what I wanted to do with my number two, but I'm going to go with the freshman. Uh, Nick Smith, the uh, number three player in ESPN's one hundred top one hundred from the twenty twenty two class, I big think, time player. Pairing yeah. him against Anthony Black, I, I think Arkansas is the team you want to avoid if you could well, look on the northern side. And it's it's very likely this is a sport where we're used to seeing true freshmen come in and make an immediate impact, right? Like you've got to find some of those guys. It's a blend of utilizing the transfer portal market. It's a blend of having some upperclassmen. We were just talking before the pod about how Kansas always seems to get to the level that they're at, but it's not necessarily five-star recruit after five-star recruit after five-star recruit. They got Grady Dick, but they're also going to be looking at a guy like Dewan Harris, who's going into his junior year and he's just a five point per game guy matching him up with Jalen Wilson, some of their returnees. But Nick Smith is a guy, phenom, true freshman, lots of turnover with Arkansas, almost built half through recruiting and half through the transfer market. Yeah, he's basically basically the Michigan State of college basketball, right? But they look great. The guys they've selected. They do. They They got the two dudes from Rhode Island, the Mitchells, right? Who were originally, uh, they went to Maryland, first off. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, yeah, I I agree. You know, Nick, Nick Smith... And you mentioned the other one, Black. Anthony Black, yeah, he's a huge could both be Could both be on this team if they have a tremendous Maui, right? But I, I like that pick. So, all right, we've got you've got Nemhard and Nick Smith. Yeah, so my three was kind of difficult because I wanted to put Baylor Shireman, but I'm going to keep it off right now because he still hasn't fully proven it at the major level yet. So I want to see what he can do before I could even consider him. For that, so I'm gonna stay safe and go with Matt Bradley, the two slash three, kind of like a combo guard. He plays for uh, San Diego State. Matt Average, Bradley is uh, average almost 17 points yeah. per game. I think you said before the show he's close to 2,000 points. Yeah, he ne- he needs like 150 points to hit 2,000. So this is a guy that's gonna score 500 to 600 this year if he's giving you you know 17 or 18 points per game. Fifth year guy. Absolutely. I mean, with that, without a doubt, he might be the easiest pick to be on the Maui five going in. Azulis Tubelas, the best player coming back for Arizona. I got to put him up there. I yeah. almost 14 points per game. Yep. Most solid big guy uh, in the tr- field. A true big guy. Don't know how I love him at my four, but you know what? I'll take it. And then number five, I'm going to go with Ryan Kalkbrenner, probably the a top five center in the country. Like this, this guy coming back from a knee injury, like we said earlier, he's got the ability to just make nightmares for every type of big man. That's going to try to guard him down on the post. Ryan Kalk Brenner was also the big East defensive player of the year. So you have a guy like that. I I'm with you there. So yeah, the only thing that the only difference that I had, I like your five. I would just have had, Nick Smith and Baylor Shireman. I'm not necessarily going with a specific point guard, but three guards, you know, you've got Shireman from Creighton as well, who transfers in from 
South Dakota State, big time player there as well. Big time player, very smooth. He's a, a 16 and a half point per game guy for South Dak State. So I've got him on the team as well. Tabellus, Kalkbrenner, Nick Smith. So multi Creighton, Maui five. And if we, if we look at Ohio State, I mean, clearly the one guy that we would give a chance to be on that if he comes out of the gates healthy and is pacing the team and they win a couple of their games, you'd like it to be just as suing if you're a Buckeye fan. If he can come out strong, averaging 15 or more points per game, that's the guy that you remembered. He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. He's going to be able to create. He's going to be able to drive it, get to the free throw line, hit some threes occasionally. There's a chance. It's just if he's going to be fully ready to go. That's all it is. And I, I know you got some video clips of practice the other day where he's moving around. Okay. I mean, it's more of a job. Yeah, not going right to play now, but in the, on the trip to the Bahamas. So there's that. No, of course. And you, you shouldn't have to push it, especially if they say he's going to be cleared by September. There's no point in doing that. Yeah. All right. So we'll take a, a very, very quick pause, which will be, you know, zero seconds long to you. And then I'm going to get this guy's take on these Ohio State Buckeyes that we're talking about and the blend that they're going to have on this roster with transfers, newcomers, and some injured guys coming back for Ohio State. This is episode 70, little August offseason going into the 22-23 college basketball campaign. It's Mad About Hoops. All right, Tim. I know you always love getting my takes on these Ohio State Buckeyes, and I do. I, I would say I'm I more, wait a long time for. Them. I'm more optimistic on this team than I think most people are. I, I think the new pieces they're bringing in are kind of what they need. While I was maybe looking for a little bit more size in the front court, I, I still think the way that they play, and I've seen enough from Holtman to know that he can work with what he's got, and especially bringing in Felix Okpara. I think that's enough. Okpar is a guy that we feel like is going to be in the rotation. It might be seven to 10 minutes. It might be, you know, see how he plays and see how he takes what's thrown at him. But I agree with you. This is not a a few years ago. They had a really, really raw player in Ibrahima Diallo who had a big size, big wingspan, but he just, you just couldn't trust him out there. And Okpara comes in with a lot more experience and playing big time high school basketball. He should be, should be ready for a little bit right off the bat. Yeah, I, I think, that, like I said, coming into this, the newcomers are really what's gearing me up for optimism. And I, I think the two guys that I can think of right away are Tanner Holden and, to be honest with you, Bryce Sensible. Because I think what he brings with his skill set, he's not going to put up the same numbers, and I'm not expecting him to, and I'm not going to put that pressure on him to, to do what EJ Liddell did, but I think he's got the body type to grow into something like that. Bryce Sensabaugh has been the talk. I'm sure he he's has. been the talk. I mean, you've got Roddy Gale and you've got Bruce Thornton and you throw him in with Oak Parr and Holtman has been saying for a while, Bowen Hardman, the fifth recruit from Cincinnati has sort of been off in another category. I don't think that means they hate him. That just means there might be a little bit more no, development. I think he'll he be was like coming the, off of an injury last year, too. Yeah, I think he'll be like the Kalen Etzler of that class. Just kind of guy that maybe takes the red shirt year and tries to grow into his body. Here's what Chris Holtman said recently about Bryce Sensible and what he's been doing. He's a great kid. Um, he is a natural-born scorer of the ball. He just is. 
and uh, can do it at an elite level right now. He has to continue to work on other aspects of his game, including his fitness and his conditioning, but has some real natural gifts offensively. But the all four of the freshmen that we expect to play have all had really good moments in practice. There is nothing you like to hear more as a fan of your team than when you get a naturally gifted scorer coming in because that is what you know who was Malachi. Oh, yeah. Naturally absolutely. gifted scorer. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be the same type of slasher scorer in that essence as what Malachi Branham can do. Like, I, I don't know if I've seen a freshman in the last no. decade that could do what he did. It doesn't on a always have to basis. be the same way. Just being 100%. a gifted scorer in your own capacity. Well, his and the tape that I've watched of some of his AAU and high school ball, his mid-range and his ability to take a defender on from the the arc or just inside the range is it's special. It's the yeah. way he's got a, a, a perfect touch on his mid-range. I think is where I can draw the comparisons to the type of score that Malachi Brenham was because when he took a shot with his mid-range, I always felt comfortable with. Yeah. It. And, you know, John Diebler is a gifted scorer, different kind of gifted scorer than Malachi Branham. Jared Sullinger, different kind of gifted scorer than Evan Turner, you know? They do it in different ways. Some guys bang down low. Some guys never miss from the three-point line when they're left alone or from the free-throw line when they get there. And all that stuff goes into it or with... Well, you just got me thinking about that bread and butter mid-range game. There's something special now about a mid-range game. It's like it's a dying art. Rip Hamilton would have been so happy watching Branham do his thing. But it, whatever it is, Bryce Sensabaugh continues to be this kind of mystery man. Because say what you will about watching his high school film, when you just see them wear that college jersey for the first time, something else has to click in for these guys to really hit the ground running. So you hear about it, you hear about it, you hear about it. Will it actually happen? You want to see that. And that's why I love the exhibition games. You know, you get the the two against the two in the Bahamas, but then that one against Chaminade, who is the Hawaii school that's going to come out here to Columbus, Ohio for their one exhibition game that doesn't count. Then they'll head out to Maui and they'll be playing games for real. You think we could like pay Jardy to like stream on his any, phone? Any of yeah. it? Like, even if I just dropped like a $20 bill, like, hey, just like five minutes of this can get this for just me. Just Instagram quick. live this thing for us. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're going to be sitting press row. Our friend Adam Jardy from the Columbus Dispatch, who pretty much is the lone dog that would go to any Ohio State basketball game. If they played on Mars, the Dispatch would send him. You got to go. I love it. I love it. No, we had him on our local show uh, the day before they left for the Bahamas. And yeah, he's... He's absolutely stoked for it, and I know he's going to do a great job covering it. Yeah, so when you look at the rest of these these guys coming in, there's more of the class. You know, you can mention Bruce Thornton and what you expect from him and the rest of these transfer guys yeah, with Sean McNeil really and, and uh, geez, what's happening Tanner in my brain Holden, right now? Isaac Likely. Isaac Likely, yeah. Ice Likely from Oklahoma State. <laughs> no, yeah, those three right there, I think – they're not the biggest household name transfers that you were hearing in the cycle, and I, I think that's what fans get annoyed by, but I, I stress to not let that get past them because Holden, McNeil, and Likely are three really key additions to this roster because they all bring different styles to their game. This is, Holden's another guy that I really enjoy with his ability to find his way to the basket without the ball and with the ball and also a very strong mid-range game. I like him a lot. Uh, in terms of McNeil, this is a guy I think who's going to be more consistent with the three-point shooting. I think that's what we were missing when we were depending on Justin Arns to be that guy. Is that the consistency, 
consistency would kind of wane every so often. Uh, I think McNeil brings that plus more to his game. And then likely he's a guy that can play four of the five positions. He's just so versatile. The thing about McNeil, too, is he will still give you points because the three-point percentage is something you could take a look at and say, ah, I would like a little bit more. And that's the other thing, too, with Ice Likely. He is about the most complete basketball player you're going to see except for the three ball. It's just not there. And as we go, again, as we go through time, you just need to have some kind of ability to knock down that shot in today's game of basketball. So you want that to be there. And McNeil, 37%. He was 39% the year before. You can work with that. It tells you that it's there. Guy could shoot 42% from downtown if he has a really great season. Things start to click in for him, but he's still giving you 12 and a half points per game. That's that's just he's he scores. He will score. It's not just dependent on, oh, do I hit four of seven of my three point baskets? Well, it's 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 a dependable two. Uh, that's what I was saying. It's like when the consistency wanes, it's not like, okay, he's unplayable at that point. No, he can contribute in other ways. I think that's the issue with what we were de- dealing with with Justin Arns. It kind of felt like if the three ball wasn't there, Something was wrong. You couldn't really play him, and his minutes shrunk, and then eventually he left. So where where are you when you look at the team as a whole? Just what what you think they're going to be able to do this year? Because clearly, and we've done this every single offseason now, when they don't advance to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament, winning the Big Ten, doing something in the Big Ten tournament, and advancing in the NCAA tournament, none of this really matters until they check one of those boxes. I know, I mean, you know what I mean? It does matter. You have to do the work on the trail. You have to do the work in the transfer portal. You have to protect yourself with some depth in case you have those injuries. I do feel probably a little bit more than most critics that they've been hit with some really untimely injuries. And how could you not agree when anyone that covers the team, anyone that's looked at them would have told you just assuming was to be their second most important basketball player. I mean, you talk about tandems or one-two punches. It's five guys out there on the court. So your second guy is pretty damn important on any team. And they didn't have him all season last year. So things to take into account. But I know, man, your thoughts on how this is going to play out because they're not going to be ranked to start the season, and that's not where you want to be. Yeah, I personally kind of see them as like a tweener, like I said, when we were talking about the teams that would be ranked from Maui. I think they're right there around that top 25. I personally would have them a shoe in, but I know most publications, especially the AP Top 25, will probably have them out. That's just probably a glimpse at what they'll do. When you say shoe in, you mean to be ranked or a lock to make the tournament? uh, No, shoe in uh, ranked. I think they'll be anywhere from like 23 to 25. I got you. Okay. Uh, I, I don't love prognosticating towards the tournament right now because that's all just so matchup driven. Like I, I I still think back to this past tournament when they were a seven and the seven ten and then they had to play a three seed in Villanova, who quite honestly, with a healthy Justin Moore, I thought was better than a three seed. So it's just it's really all just about matchups at that point. But you would prognosticate they're in, right? We better yeah, be talking yeah. about they're I, safely I, in the field. I think they're kind of right around where they were last year. I think more of like a six or a seven right okay. now. Yeah, and that's a fine place to start. And, and then you can figure yourself out and build 20, 25 games into the season. Yeah, and then they can work out to it. I just... I like to be a little bit more cautious because you don't know how the new pieces will jive early because that'll give you a key indication of whether, you know, 
the ceiling is pretty high or if it's right around where we were thinking preseason. So I I think that six to eight seed range is a general comfort, comfortable spot for me to expect, but I would like to see it get higher as they gel more and more. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and checking us out here in the off season because we haven't had regular episodes with everything that's been going on, but we wanted to come by today and say hello and say thank you for checking out the podcast and we might pop back on here. I still want to do I still want to do another one of our uh, movie reviews like we did with the great movie Hoosiers a summer ago. We'll have to talk to our guy about it. We do. Yeah, we've we can we can talk to our guys from uh, the Nerd Association podcast who joined us that last time. Blue Chips, I keep seeing it on a lot of the different streaming services and it's just always a fun one to go back and take in. So I would love to do blue chips. I think we called that a uh, a moving screen edition. So that's that's what we got there here on uh, Mad About Hoops. That's good. But like we said uh, earlier in the pod as well, we always want to check out a new place and we don't really know for sure until schedules get generated and we've got times and places. But I think this is the year for me. I've got to scratch Mackey Arena off the bucket list. Ooh, Mackey's got to get done for me in West Lafayette. My father, who went to school there, has still not been back on campus for a basketball game since he graduated in 1980, and he played on the scout team there. I got to get him back there, and I haven't been either, and it's one of the great venues in the sport. That's a great choice, man. Where would I? And I think those tickets are going to be more affordable this year because I'm kind of lower on Purdue than most people. Uh, yeah, I mean they got Edie back, but there's no Jaden Ivy anymore. So yeah, they will be, they'll be a, a solid I Big Ten team, yeah. but they might not be you know chasing for the championship right off the st- the start. This is a great question because I I wanted to go to Xavier last year, I couldn't pull it off. Cintas is great. Cintas is great. I was thinking more Big East, but the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, you know what? Maybe like Breslin. I think I want to go up to Michigan State. That that's, that yeah, sounds pretty fun. That's a good regional one. I haven't done that one yet either, and that's got to be on every college basketball fan's list. But while you said Big East, I did the Palestra recently. Oh, yes. And it's really not that bad of a drive from Central Ohio. Villanova, man. On Villanova's campus. The only you've got to check out one of the games. You never know where they're playing. You've got to check out when the schedules come out, one of their games at their smaller gym. On campus, not the, the 76ers Wachovia arena. Center yeah. or the 76ers Arena in downtown Philly. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's probably got to be a closer to game time decision on that one just because of that. I don't know if they decide that ahead of time or whether that's like weeks ahead. But uh, no, I like that. And maybe Jay will show you around. Is he still living in the area? Uh, maybe. He's got nothing better to do. <laughs> He's living the quarter zip. He, I, lo- I loved seeing him at the end leave the suit game and get up with the quarter zip lifestyle. Well, he was never above it. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. And it's, he still made it look like a tuxedo, that pearl white Villanova quarter zip. What a dude. He was classy all the way through, man. I, I think that's why he's one of the more respected coaches of all time. All right, everybody uh, check back here uh, in the feed for future episodes before we get to the start of this 2022-2023 college basketball season. I'm so glad you guys joined us. Please, if you're listening on Apple, give that sucker a little rating, give it a review. 
maybe an idea of what you'd like to hear us hit on more. If we're not talking enough Duke or North Carolina for you, we'll talk some more Duke and North Carolina. <laughs> we did start the pod with the Tar Heels, though, so hopefully we appeased the Tar Heel crowds. Maybe more Kansas Jayhawks talk next time as well, but Evil, have a good rest of your summer. We'll hopefully see you here in a, in a, a couple of weeks or so. You too, Tim. Can't wait to reconvene. Awesome. Everybody have a good one. Thanks for listening to Mad About Hoops.